WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 174, all about Rings of Power Season 1, being the 174th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. I've been experiencing the world of J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time, but right now we are all experiencing Rings of Power for the first time together. Today, I'm joined by Ezra of an unexpected podcast, Talkin' Tolkien. Welcome! Hey, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Happy to be here. This is awesome. This is my second time. Second time. Yeah, I should say um, welcome back because (laughs) I had y'all on, I think it was back when I was reading... I definitely was reading the books and I think it might have been Return of the King. So it's yeah. been, it's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been a while and uh, I was saying to you beforehand so we're not joined by by Lane today. Uh he's he's got some he's got a lot of different things going on in his life personally. So uh he wanted to say hello to you and you know, I just wanted to kind of I have some things I'll be sharing on his behalf uh, as well just in terms of thoughts on the show because uh, we had we had a great ride. It's a crazy it's been a crazy season, I think and I'm interested to hear, you know, your guys' thoughts and just how, how it's been over here in terms of the the show and your guests and everything. So. Yeah. Before we jump into our discussion, why don't you tell me and the listeners where you're coming into this series from, um, like your your background, quote oh. unquote, not that you have to have qualifications to watch this show, <laughs> but um, for a lot of people, it's helpful to know like, oh, do you know the Silmarillion? Do you know these things? Yeah. Have you read Lord of the Rings? Have you read the appendices? Those sort of things. Or are you just a movie watcher? So right, right. How, what, where are you coming from? Yeah, I, I uh, gosh, as soon as you asked that question, I wanted to pull up my resume and go crazy about my, you know, Tolkien <laughs> sort of like I'm a scholar, worked on the show, you know, the whole thing. No, I... I just I started reading The Hobbit when I was in uh, sixth grade, loved it, read the books and the movies came out and have just sort of uh, dabbled here and there. I have read The Silmarillion once through, but it is truly um, more so like I listened to it and wasn't really paying attention mm-hmm. <laughs> as much. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just going on in the background. And I thought, OK, this is nice. And some bits uh, kind of caught my attention. And honestly, I've been listening more recently since I've been watching Rings of Power, going back through, I've been falling asleep to it at night because I have the audiobook and it's just great to fall asleep to. But uh, things are popping out. Feanor, the Silmarils, all the kind of stuff is starting to kind of jump out and different names are are, are catching me more. So really, I come at it from I've I've read the trilogy. I've read, ah, uh, gosh, I've, I've dabbled just on the on Tolkien Gateway and, and things like that. But I've never really dove in and done like a full you know, Silmarillion um, read through or anything. And I know you just, I think, did you, fi- did you finish yours? Yeah, I'm just about done. I finished all of the chapters. Okay. And then there are two sections at the end. Um, one is called Akalabeth and one is ironically of the third age and the rings of power. So I will be reading that having, you know, just finished season one of Rings of Power, I actually think is going to be a more interesting read because yeah. I think watching the show I, I I I didn't want to be like making predictions based on like I wanted to have more of a blind, you know, going in with more of a blank slate than having just read whatever this is based on. But then again, they don't have rights to the Silmarillion. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's been anyway, <laughs> it's been a mystery. It's so you've been saying so. And I always mispronounce it. This is where I, I would get laughed at by my co-host. So the Akalabeth. Is that the mm-hmm. that's at the that's how I'm saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've said it. I'll, I'll say it probably five different ways as we go through here. Um, 
But that's at the end of the Silmarillion, right? That's sort of like tucked Mm -hmm. in at the end. And then, yeah, so that part we did listen to quite a bit going into the show. And my buddy Lane and I just sort of did a little bit of research and throw it out the window because it didn't really, um, I mean, some bits sort of matter. It's this list, you know, Uh, it was, it's fascinating to me what they, what they did, what I thought they were going to do, not what I thought they, you know, what what we're going to do. It's just been crazy. And then to hear the fandom go to be pulled in so many different directions is it's been been kind of a, a crazy crazy thing but i have read that portion i've read a bit of the silmarillion uh, uh lane and i are going to be firing up our our kind of first formal read through uh going forward after i think in the next month or two we're going to fire it up and so that'll be godspeed yeah that'll be interesting <laughs> we put it off because i'm like i don't know if i could take this serious i've tried to read it and we're not i don't think you know uh, i feel like a lot of people struggle with it and they don't know mm. what to do. I've even listened to Corey Olson, the Tolkien professor and others try and tried to use their podcast and walk through the Silmarillion and listen to them talk about how they'd adapt it and stuff. And I'm just sort of like, it helps for sure, but it's just thick. It's just a lot of names. Yeah. And- it's very dense. It's a lot of names. A lot of the names are the exact same. Yes. <laughs> Um, very confusingly, there are a couple names in the Silmarillion that are also the same name as different things or different people from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like there's, I'm pretty sure there's a Boromir and there's a Denethor, but they're not our Boromir (laughs) and they're not our Denethor. So it's very, yeah, it's very confusing. I don't think the Silmarillion is like a necessary read for Lord of the Rings fans unless you are just like absolutely desperate for more if you are really itching for more then go for it but otherwise it's like you know it's a lot it's a lot to take in but it was interesting reading it before watching the show because it did kind of lay some of the foundation show some of the background back uh, of of these characters and like the way that um the, like the way that the world they were living in was just before the start of this series. Right. And showing that like they were coming from this terrible destructive war and then going into what, you know, King Gilgalad in the first episode says is now a time of peace and they're desperate for that. So it was helpful context, but I think in terms of the show, that's all it was, is it was just like right. additional context. <laughs> well, and, and just to kind of piggyback on that, we going into the show, Lane and I both um, on our podcast were like, oh, we're not we're not going to we're not going to dive into it. We we didn't have time for it. And I thought we don't need it. No worries. They're not going to nothing's going to come up or whatever. And I, I mean, a few names like Finrod comes up and I'm sort of like, hold on a second. <laughs> you forget about some of these names that they that they bring up. And I'm like, was that in the. Like, where is he referenced? And I I don't know. I felt like I should have read more and done a bit more research because then theories were coming up. Adar shows up and and you're like, who is this guy? Who could he be? And then you're scrolling through Twitter and there's, I mean, about, you know, two to three different names floating around as, as in terms of who he could have been from uh, the first age or whatever. And turns out he's just Lord Father. So... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's go into our discussion of, of season one. Listeners, There's this will be a fully spoilery episode. So if you have not watched season one, if you haven't started it, if you haven't finished it yet, come back later. So on, I've been doing a, uh, for each episode, I've been sharing the Rotten Tomatoes critic score just for each episode, just to see like um, what a more 
objective, you know, even though even though like there is no true objective, um, you know, critique of anything, it is still helpful to see like, what are people who are not as like attached to this world saying? Um, So season one overall is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's a great accomplishment for the show considering they have a audience score of 39%. (laughs) Right. Um, with uh, thirty four thousand six hundred ninety two user ratings, and to compare to show that it really was getting review bombed, House of Dragon has seven thousand seven hundred ninety five user ratings. Uh, wow! So clearly, people were flocking just to yuck on this show before having any you know real opinion of it but critics rating of 85 percent um i think is is what is more you know what you should more go off of if people are like oh how did it do you know percentage wise or critics wise or whatever right um so a a standard you know like b (laughs) minus yeah yeah uh so that's interesting because the I, I've seen the way like the Reddit communities can can move and mobilize people and just different things like you. I mean, I don't I'm not on there a lot, but like some of those Reddit forms can be kind of crazy. And I, I, I read about this. I was reading articles about the review bombing and how that was happening or whatever. And I mean, it was just overwhelmingly negative And it was in the thousands of reviews early on in the season when, when the first batch of uh, first couple uh, episodes came out. And you're like, wow, this thing hasn't even. And I thought were some of the strongest episodes. Now, looking back on the whole season, I thought the beginning was super strong, uh, in in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so that's shocking. I guess it's just it's interesting to compare those numbers to House of the Dragon because there's just as many people watching that in the fan base. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's and considering it's like the natural comparison because it's also streaming right now um, at the same time. Yeah, just so crazy. You know, 7,000. Uh, audience ratings versus 34,000. That really just puts it into per- perspective. Yeah, I'm scrolling through. If you like, if you don't want to die inside, don't read these ratings, oh. but just like scrolling through them. Someone says, canceled my Prime sc- subscription over this. Honestly, offensive to the source material and to intelligence in general. <laughs> oh, that's so wild. It's so wild because the Tolkien estate, you know, was actually working with them on this and they had. Tolkien scholars and different things. I mean, yeah, they made some irreversible decisions in terms of uh, the timeline and stuff like that. But some of those reviews, I, I just remember this was, again, seven weeks ago when when we were looking at that. Amazon, I think, had stopped the did they not uh, stop the. Yeah, the they, yeah, they turned off. um I hadn't been looking at any of their ratings or anything because I think they had like turned it off or something. Yeah, um, I mean, they, they were essentially they were seeing the same thing, which was they were they had already Rotten Tomato was was open for reviews and there was it was already listed. And so they it was getting review bombed. And I felt like they just said they foresaw it and said, we're not going to it's not we're not going to put up with it, really. So. Yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I understand, you know, you want to you want to remain open to conversations and critiques. But that's the thing is that a lot of these things were not conversations and they were not no. um, <laughs> critiques. They were just, you know, plain, you know, outright hateful. So, right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, let's let's get into to our discussion then. Um. 
general uh yeah so generally my my thoughts on the season i enjoyed it um i think I, I i've seen some people say um shout out to t with tolkien um i saw her tweeting that she had just done a rewatch of the whole season and really enjoyed it a lot better with all of the episodes out rather than week to week. And I think I can really understand how that would be the case, how it might be a better binge watch. Um, and I ha- I do have friends who have not been watching because they wanted to wait for everything to be out first before they watched it. Yeah. Um, but gen- generally, I, you know, I really, I enjoyed it. I would also, you know, give it a B minus, basically. I think I'm just a little bit soured by the finale because I was very, I was let down by directions that I thought the story was going to go and directions that I thought characters were going to go. Okay. And then... um they, that did not happen. And so I was I was disappointed. You know, when you imagine something in your head and you're like, I know how this is going to play out. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be awesome. And then that doesn't happen. That's obviously very disappointing. So um, even though I was disappointed in the finale, I think there were still a lot of really great storytelling points. Um, I do think that they bit off more than they could chew in terms of the characters and the stories that they were showing in this season and that they were maybe a bit too eager to show these characters and show these parts of the world and they really wanted to do all that in season one right? Um, to get people interested and to get people watching um, and that maybe they could have held off on some things until season two so that we can spend more time with that. But overall, I still think that like everyone's saying, this is the worst TV show I've ever seen, like terrible, but there's far worse television out there. And this was, it was also just beautiful to watch. It was really stunning to watch. So I I still did enjoy it. So how about you? Yeah, yeah. If it's okay, I'm going to take just a a minute just to talk about uh, the journey we've had on Up Talking Tolkien and my my co-host Lane, I told I I told him I was going to tell on him here a little bit, but we started off just absolute believers of the gospel of Payne and McKay. We said, "All right, give it to us, let's yeah. go." I mean, here we go. We were so fired up and and so locked in. And I mean, honestly, we were coming out strong, saying like, "Look, if you uh, if if you like this show, we were saying, don't be afraid to say you like the show." I mean, absolutely, just telling yeah. telling everyone, feel, go for that. Uh, because sometimes the voices, not all the times, but like, I don't know, you know, if, if you if you dislike it, but there's a lot of people out there who are very loud and very, very much against it. Like you said, they're absolutely hating it. They are the reviews. It's not even it's not even a critique, right? They're just uh, review bombing and hating on it and, and whatnot. So um, so we started off th- that kind of positivity. And then uh, Lane went and, and watched a YouTube video that I've not watched yet that has a, a lore Gosh, it's it's some it's some lore master. We'll call him that. And he he outlined sort of how this season should have gone. Oh, did you say Matt? No, 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 no. So- was the name of? Th- oh, okay. There is an actual oh. YouTube lore master named Matt. Oh, really? He <laughs> is nerd of the rings. I believe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, oh, if his name is Matt, I'm pretty sure that's nerd of the yeah, rings. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, go on. <laughs> and his videos are awesome, by the way. Anybody was like, I you learn so much from his stuff. It's just absolutely phenomenal. I forget who this was. Um. I think it's like uh, Tolkien Untangled or something, maybe. I don't. Oh, is that? I don't know. I I had been when I was I was looking for guests yeah. for um you know this quote unquote season of the podcast <laughs> yeah yeah um and was looking on YouTube and 
was clicking around and there were a couple that were just, I don't want to say too much if I am misremembering that channel, but I remember not having great vibes and thinking I'm not sure I would enjoy having them on. Yeah, there are some out for sure, because that was actually the thing that Lane went looking for, which was like, okay, look, we're super high on this and we're super um, you know, locked in who, what's the other side of the coin? You know, what are people yeah, saying? Exactly. Or whatever? So he went out searching for that. And I think this guy, and he only watched one video, right. And he, and he, he tried to lay, it, it was really the time, uh, what do they call it? The time compression, right. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest, I think, because once you do that, you really can't go back from that. You you've kind of committed to that. And you said, I mean, I guess maybe they could flash back and do different things or whatever, but they decided to kind of condense the, the timeline and put characters, you know, with characters who weren't alive at certain times, like especially the Numenorians and 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 just I don't know, like the way they kind of I don't actually know all that stuff either. I haven't given it that much thought or gone and looked to see. I mean, I don't really either. That's the thing. Yeah, like people I, are like, Oh, you just read the Silmarillion, and you read and I'm like, I really like when it, people are saying, Oh, well, it's not it's ruining the canon and it's you know it has nothing to do with the lore anymore i'm like what lore? What like, lore? That's my big yeah. thing. So I we <laughs> I saw someone the other day say like, why are people complaining so much about like maybe three to five pages worth of like actual lore that was that was I, I and according to them that like the rights that they had were were not I think as much as I don't know it's all a little confusing for me still I've I've wanted somebody to really break down what rights they have because there's like special agreements that they have with the Tolkien estate to yeah to mention certain names and stuff and you're like okay well it, it just seems all kind of um, bizarre but anyway um, I I overall have been very happy with the show. And I've I've enjoyed it. I've been very positive on it. And I've actually even as Lane sort of leaned into that, like, I don't know. I mean, it seems like seems like they've they've got something, you know, they're they're not uh, characterizing Gilgalad maybe the right way or different things. And he, I, I don't want to speak for him because he's probably gonna be like, dag on it as you're making me sound like, a, you know, <laughs> but yeah, but, uh, we kind of lean different ways. We started to kind of mm-hmm. go, all right, I'm going to I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole because clearly episodes one, two, three and four, like Lane was or, uh, one through three was pretty locked in and then you can hear a major shift on our podcast as he's like scratching oh, that's really great he scratches his head going i don't know man i've been you know checking out of this stuff and it doesn't sound good so it was just kind of interesting but overall i i really did enjoy it i thought they were really um good good moments there are some things that it needs to work on and maybe improve upon or um that didn't make sense or got tiresome but overall mm-hmm. i really i really did uh in, enjoy it and had a, had a good ride i mean i look forward to it every i'd watch it uh friday after school i would come home watch it and then we would we would do a quick reaction podcast to it on friday so i had a great time i mean um until i started to, until late to start like it was because then we'd be talking about it and i would be talking about like man this is so cool that you know the stranger did this and then there was this little thing or whatever and he'd be like yeah i don't know <laughs> so. yeah it's so it's always so funny when like you have one you're watching something and you're like oh, I know exactly how everyone is going to feel about this and they're going to feel like I feel. Yeah. And then you talk to someone else and you're like, how did, did we watch the same thing? Like, how yeah. are you getting these feelings and thoughts? That's not at all what I was feeling and thinking. Right. Yeah. Right. So uh, a, a real awkward one. And, and you know, to, to Lane's credit, like he very much wanted both sides to be heard on the show. And if you liked it, cool. If you didn't, uh, awesome, fine. I mean, come on and share those things. And that's hard. I think when you hear two guys who are like, really positive on the show at first. And then you want to call in and and say, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I don't, I don't really like this or whatever. We had our live call-in show and 
it was great to hear people kind of come in there and be very respectful about what they didn't like or what they weren't seeing or just weren't what they weren't yeah. connecting with. And uh, I thought I thought that was good. That's not the people who are out review bombing and hating because exactly, of yeah. diversity and stuff like that. Like some of that stuff was absolutely ridiculous um, before we started even the season off. But yeah, so we had a very um, an interesting, you know, dialogue there on the podcast and it was it was good. But Lane overall overall had a really good, I mean, experience as well, too, just with friends and talking through it and everything. Um, and it's still mm-hmm. very hopeful for season two. So I don't want to, you know, misrepresent uh, him there at all because we had a great time and it was a lot of fun. And we we, we actually, yeah. kinda, you know, just humor. We make a lot of jokes on the podcast. I, I always want people to know that we are <laughs> jokesters. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listeners, definitely go check all that out if you want to hear additional perspectives um, about the show. Um, yeah, definitely. For me, a highlight of the season was just experiencing it with other people, um, especially because from my perspective, I was coming into everything like 20 years too late. And I, you know, didn't have people to live tweet about, you know, and have live reactions and everything. Um, And now I'm like interacting in real time with, with, you know, the rest of the fandom. And that, that part has been really great. And like, right connecting more with people and like making stupid TikToks and memes and yeah, stuff yeah. and just enjoy enjoying it all together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That and that's the, like even even doing this with you. This has been I mean, uh my wife she went on a podcast. She went on Lord of the Rings uh the, the watch party, watch party Lord of the Rings and Fellowship mm-hmm. of Fans. Uh, maybe you of uh, on they have a, a pretty good Twitter following. Um but like all of that and we're, we're you know, we're mentioning multiple podcasts, different projects I've seen you had guests on you know, every yeah. week, like that is sort of what makes it. And that's like the fellowship. And it feels really cool to share those experiences and talk about it. I know. Isn't so, it great? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about some strong points of the season. Um, I've said on multiple episodes, um, I think the dwarves for me were a huge highlight. I think they really nailed um, they nailed the characterization. I know a lot of people were very critical of Peter Jackson's characterization of Gimli because he's very much like the butt of the joke and the comedic relief. And there's a lot more to dwarves than that. And right. we do still get a lot of that from Prince Durin in this season. Like the best moment was when he, uh, you know, played Gilgalad about that table oh, and was my. like, it's... It's dear to us. It's we. It's the most sacred stone ever. And then he makes them carry it back to Kazad, which someone did the math, and it's like six hundred miles. Oh my! Um, just so that Disa could have a table. Like that's a great moment. But yeah. we see so much more. We see Kazad in its prime before um, the the downfall that we see in Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Um, and the destruction and we see I, I and that's also why I was disappointed with the finale is because in season oh. or in episode seven, we had some really great dynamics going on with King Durin and Prince Durin and Disa. Um, I'm still people were getting mad at me, but I was saying I'm really scared about Disa because she started having some like power hungry thoughts at the very end of episode seven that I was worried about. And so that's why I was like, oh, I can't wait to see where this goes and how they're going to end this for the season. And then they weren't in the finale at all. So, um, but yeah, I think I think the dwarves were a highlight. Yeah, no, 100%. The first thing I wrote down was Durin and Elrond, uh, family bonds and oh. friendship. And I was just like that. That's where it was at. You know, you mentioned when you mentioned the table, I, I got chills thinking about it because the music sets in there 
And I mean, one of the strong points is the music, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure. But uh, the 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 music sets in and he gets so serious and mm. and just like you're you're like, oh, like Gilgalad, like messed up. You know, you think he like messed up, messed up. And you're like, he's getting schooled. <laughs> it's a freaking joke. I, I that was honestly, yeah, like yes. one of the one of the best uh, uh, moments for sure. Yeah. And um, again, shout out to the Prince Durin actor, Owen Arthur. Yes. Um, yeah. He is just like really shining throughout this season as Durin just nailing it yeah yeah for sure and you you mentioned uh Disa and how you were kind of feeling well like maybe she's getting power hungry or, or whatever you and want don't to get me it. wrong I still love her oh, I still love her <laughs> she can be as power hungry as she wants I want her to like, yes. r- like rule the world I yes she, because so, uh, we had a caller uh you know call in and say that that she reminds um that she reminds us of Lady Macbeth a little bit. And I, was, I was saying that too. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's kind of wild. Like to think about it just, I don't know. It does make a lot of sense. And and I, I so it makes you think about season two and where that is going to go and how she's going to, you know, yeah. push Durin. It's, it's going to be awesome. But yeah, you're right. They weren't in the finale and that was, everything's just, you're just left hanging. Aran, dear, Bronwyn. I mean, it's just all kind of like yeah. we, those storylines just drop. And I mean, again, the stranger and everyone else, like what we saw in the finale wasn't necessarily prevalent in episode seven, right? So, you know, but it just, that sucked to kind of have, that that shows you how much they had going on, really, which some people might think is a critique, I guess. But anyways, uh, strong points, a couple more. My favorite character of the whole daggone thing, because I was rooting hard for this the whole time, and people hate me for this, that's fine, uh, The Stranger. I was 100% locked in, and I was like, when he starts talking and the veil is sort of lifted and i could oh my i just it it, it just was so great the actor's name i'm blanking uh um, wayman daniel wayman yeah wayman yeah by the way i don't have any of these memorized i have the like cast list up okay in front good of me. god bless you because i was like <laughs> yeah um uh, and also just like even more impressive because so much up until you know like the last like 30 minutes of the finale um his character was very non-verbal so a lot of his acting had to come through with his expressions and um his his body language and yeah he did a really great job well i mean when he's sitting there with nori a few episodes back and he's just they're 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 going over words migration my great thumb yes i was just like i I every little thing that he said i was just sort of like whoa and so I don't know. It, it, it carried over because I thought maybe once he started, you know, talking more and giving us more um, in, in-depth dialogue that we would lose some of that. No way. It just kept going up. It was a straight just rise all the way to the end. And so that was cool. I know some people kind of um, we can talk about this in a second, like just a weak point or something. But people talk about the mystery fatigue and, and stuff. I, I, I loved yeah. for me. I loved that, I guess, just in terms of the stranger. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I can I kind of get it with Sauron. I mean, I'm just sort of. Uh, I'm biased. So I love wizards and I just think they're awesome. And I was hoping I was hoping real hard that that was going to be either Gandalf uh, or one of the wizards or something. So and everyone was like, they're not there. They're not around during that time. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of this. I that's my thing about um, the I think I was going to. That's right. Earlier when you were talking about how Lane went and watched that video and was talking about the timeline compressions, I had a thought and then I forgot it. I remembered it just now. Anyway, um, I have been explaining the show like some people in comment sections and stuff are like, I hear it's different. I hear it's going off of different timelines. Like, how can you watch this and still, you know, 
still have this other piece of canon. And I say, I just think of these as just they're they're different timelines at this point. They're different. It's not that they changed the original timeline. It's just that this is we're in a new world and this in the rings of power world, this is what the timeline is. And that's how that's also how I'm able to really enjoy the Witcher media universe with the different yeah. the video games and the show and the books are all very different, but I enjoy the different adaptations because it's like watching an alternate universe with a lot of the same characters. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of Star Wars and I, I run a Star Wars podcast and when they decanonized all the old stuff and Disney took over, I was like, I I I have I have a massive head for a reason. Okay. So like I can, I can, I can kind of keep this timeline here. Give me new stuff. That's fine. Uh, I feel like you just have to do that. You have to set it up and take it for what it is. But um, yeah. Yeah. Um, For me, another uh, a strong point is, and I don't think it's very surprising considering the source material, but I think they did a really great job with the world building. Yeah. Um, A lot of people were not fans of the Harfoots. Um, I think just because whenever they like showed up on screen, it was kind of like not derailing the plot, but it was a very different plot line than the rest of the stories. But I like I loved the Harfoots because the world building and showing the detail of like their culture and their community and their way of life was so wonderful. In Numenor too, um, oh, yeah. I loved getting to. I mean, the, you know, this is also going to go into like the visuals and the costuming yeah, yeah. and stuff. But I thought I think they did a really great job. And just yeah, I think the world building building was a really, really well done. And it could have been very confusing considering we were jumping around from so many different places. Um, but they did a, a pretty good like narrative structure of, you know, occasionally, especially I think it was mostly in the first couple episodes where they have like the map feature oh, come yeah. up and yeah. show you where you are or labeling like, OK, now we're in Oregon. Um, yeah, yeah. I think was helpful. But yeah, I think they I think they did a really good job with creating the world that this uh, show is set in. Yeah. Now, now, America, I got to ask you a question. I got to get some clarity here. OK, so. Uh, when you talk about building this world, I mean, it, can we not just lay all that on Waldreg's shoulders, right? Did he not actually just like build the world right in front of us? I mean, <laughs> I, so that part, I know what you're saying, though, which is in terms of like the culture and all that kind of stuff. Now I'm with you 100% on that. Like the Harfoots were amazing. I love seeing uh, Sadik open the book and they're they're looking at the stars and doing everything. And you learn so much about Numenor and, and, and the way of life, even for the dwarves, so much more insight to their way of life and, and that world, which was awesome. I, I know some of the, cre- the the critiques out there, maybe one of mine. So even some like like a weak point was the the creation of of Mordor for some people. They were sort of like it was Waldrag <laughs> and it was like it was Adar and it wasn't necessarily Sauron. It didn't really hit me. I, I was sort of like, OK, whatever. But I mean, he walks into it and it's already created. And I think some people were hoping he had more to do with that. And mm. it seemed like he and he and Adar weren't on the same page. And like Adar was his. Yeah, enemy, I hadn't so. really um I hadn't really thought about that in terms of Sauron's part in it, because I I was gonna say another strong point for me was episode six, was that big battle that they have in the Southlands that ends with yeah. um, you know, Mount Doom exploding. Um that was for me, I think. Honestly, I think that could have 
even been like a season finale if oh, that yeah. had been like yeah. the story that they were going to tell in this season um but um i hadn't really thought about it f- about like oh yeah sauron doesn't really have any anything to do with that creation he was just kind of there and i have been really wondering about his relationship with adar because in in episode six, he, as Halbrand, you know, has that moment where he's about to kill him and is like, don't you know who I am? Like, you've mm-hmm. taken everything from me or something. Right. And I don't know in that moment if he is just acting as Halbrand in front of Galadriel or if he actually does have some whatever this history is with Adar. And if it is a, you know, if it is a conflict between them and that I think could lead to some interesting things in season two of him walking into Mordor and here's this guy who made Mordor happen um, when he wasn't involved. And yeah, yeah, just like... Really interesting that whole setup. Yeah, for sure. So, so two things. Uh, first of all, I I did love the creation of it. So I I I thought it was a wild ride and like an epic sort of the you know just the whole of the visual and I was I was blown away that they did that. I was shocked. Uh, so that was great. Uh, but I also you know you brought up something as you're, as you were talking there it made me think that when Adar is there and he's reaching out for the uh package or whatever and his hand gets cut right and it's in Hallbrand is there later on because then he's taken well wait is he yeah he's taken back to the camp he's that's when Gladriel kind of questions him and talks to him so he already saw Hallbrand and Hallbrand said remember me as if like maybe he should in this form uh, or maybe he can see beyond that and then later on he says to Gladriel that he killed Sauron Right. And then and then somebody lets Adar go. I mean, at, mm. at the end, somebody somebody unhandcuffs him and lets him lets him go because he was tied up in that barn and is able to get away before the. Expl- right. I think I'm just unless I'm misremembering. I'm just trying to think back on that on that on the yeah. sequence of events. Yeah, you know? I do remember that was a point that in that episode discussion, we just like didn't get to discussing is that Adar is missing like inexplicably um like it cuts to the barn and like his chains are empty and he's gone gone. I kind of interpreted that as I don't know some random magic okay yeah (laughs) I don't know but it is possible that someone came and let him go I do like him saying I killed Sauron I think that is could easily be directly tied to you know how Halbrand slash Sauron's pure hatred of him earlier when he has the chance to kill him. Uh, okay. Um, I definitely, yeah. I, I think those could definitely be connected and okay. that like the reason he is in Halbrand, you know, the reason he looks like Halbrand and that he's taken on this body is because of whatever happened between Adar and Sauron previously. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it just seems so odd that he wouldn't, you know, like that Adar has Gladriel right there and could have outed Hallbrand right there. You know, he could have said, that's Sauron. Well, maybe he right. didn't know that it was. Okay, yeah. and That's, that's a- what I'm thinking, is that he didn't know that that was Sauron. He didn't know. And so I'm thinking, I'm thinking if you take the other uh, uh, approach here, because I, my, one of my gripes was sort of like, I don't know. I mean, Sauron wasn't around for the creation of like, it would have been kind of cool if he somehow orchestrated this or something through Adar. And then maybe Adar doesn't out him. It's just. It's weird because he says, remember me. And I know what you're saying, which is like, yeah, it's a part of the the creation aspect of it. I don't, anyway, it's still that's more story to tell. 
in season two. And I think there's a lot mm. more kind of going on with those um, two characters because he calls him at one point his enemy. I mean, he says, you helped me fight my enemy, which was. Um, yeah, I'm right. So, I, yeah, that yeah, that was confusing. So I don't know. I mean, um, yeah. But anyway, so kind of a mix is whether it's uh, strong the, the yeah. whole weak strong point. It's just a, a, a something intriguing, I guess, m- moving forward. But. Yeah. Yeah. Moving into some of my weak points. Yeah. Again, I think generally, I think they bit off more than they can chew. Um, I think as much as I enjoyed the Harfoots and as much as I enjoyed the stranger, I don't think that they necessarily had a place in this season um, because I think the only reason he was there was to act as a possible Sauron for the audience. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's the only reason that they included him is to have that mystery. And I, I think that's another weak point is that yeah. it it felt more like like the show is called Rings of Power. Right. And I feel like they really did not focus on the rings of power in this season. Yeah. And so going into the finale, I was like, there's no way that we're going to see the creation of any of the rings of power. Like we're nowhere near ready. I haven't heard anything about the forge being created since ep- like episode three. Is it even ready yet? Yeah. Right. Um, and I felt like it was more of a who's Sauron show. And so I think that's why the stranger was there was to act as like, a ooh, is it like, could it be him? Could it not be him? In the episode that we did last week on the finale, one of my guests gave this great suggestion, which was you have the season, you have season one end with the comet arriving. And then in the next season, then you can introduce the Harfits, you can introduce the stranger, and it's like a juxtaposition mm-hmm. to the evilness of Sauron and saying like, oh, well, maybe he was sent as a result of this evil that is happening in the land. Right, yeah, yeah. Because you still could even have like the mystic, you could have just taken, I guess it's an interesting point, you could just take the stranger out, have the mystics wander, do something, or not even have them. Um, and you could have, because I'm thinking of who else would you put in there to kind of... Um, make us guess about if they wanted to keep doing the guessing game of, of Sauron, like who, if it's not the, if it's not the stranger that actually kind of just the way you framed that the way you said that is like, he's just there as another option <laughs> for Sauron. I'm like, no, <laughs> he's there for much more, but doggone it. That is sort of what it seems like. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I kept waiting. I was like, I want to see how they're because throughout the season you see Okay, you see the dwarves and the elves, how their stories are connected. Okay, you see how Gladriel's story is connecting with the Numenorians, who are then connecting with the Southlanders. And so it's all coming together and, you know, plot lines are intersecting and characters are meeting, except for the Harfoots and the Strangers. They only stay within their own little stories. So I was waiting to see how they are connected to the rest and I don't think that's going to happen until much later so I don't think we needed them this season and we could have had more time spent on like the rings of power power. you know yeah 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 Yeah, because I uh in one of the things that I thought would be an interesting thing to kind of change would have been to show more of the rings of power um or to Mm. even whether you just move up this idea because it just felt like it was as you said all crammed into this final episode and Kella Brimbor, I was waiting for him. The, the joke on our podcast was that everyone kept thinking I was waiting for him to, you know, 
take a shirt off and show the biceps and start hammering on some rings. Yeah. Because I was hyping him up so crazy. I was like, give him that forge. Let's go. And it just never happened. The most he did was stand there and cross his arms and like, you know, kind of look, look over the production. Yeah, the, he did do that a lot. <laughs> of the ring. But I was like, man, I wanted more of that. And I wanted to see more of these rings of power. We were even speculating as to which ones might we see? How is this going to work with Durin and, and everything? And it just um, it didn't go that way. So I get that. You know, we would have had a lot more time to kind of tell that that story. Um, I, I don't dislike that the Harfoots were there. I still really enjoyed all the. Yeah, I, I, just, I enjoyed them. I just am not sure that they had a place in the story in this season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it just yeah, you, you really felt like when you left one plot line, you were just and they, they did move us across the map and they were really trying to show off and, sh- and show the different worlds but you you were totally disconnected from the other stories that were sort of interconnecting so because even yeah. elrond and durin like that all kind of comes back full circle gilglad and back to hallbrand and they all do kind of interact and and, and it connects whereas you're right the stranger it just it doesn't so yeah and that sucks because i love the stranger and i i was also just like i didn't even know i wanted it because beforehand i was saying don't do it like there's no reason. Just just give us all the elves and go crazy. Give me like uh, Glorfindel or something. Go go nuts. You know what I mean? Like bring back some crazy characters. And uh, we didn't necessarily need a wizard. Then they bring this guy in that looks like the stranger. And I'm like, let's freaking go. Like, I'm down for this guy to be a wizard. I uh, wish it were more interconnected, I guess, now that you say that. But but still, um, one of one of my points here that was kind of a Oh, that was kind of a weak point, but I also am not super sure about this. I, I just want to acknowledge this, though. The the timeline contraction that people talk about, it, it doesn't bother me like as much. Like you said, it's really just this. It's its, its own thing. It's its own timeline. Um, I There are some things, I guess, just knowing like they showed um, Elrond's brother. Right. Like Elros, they showed like the, 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 yeah, that, that tapestry thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there were, and my buddy Lane was kind of telling me some ideas and things that could have been done to bring in characters like that. But the more I heard people talk about these things, I'm like, we already have a crap ton of characters. But then the other thing people were like, well, you've got created characters, whereas you didn't need those created characters. They could have been these characters. And I was like, all right, I I don't know. I don't, don't be talking about the characters that I love right now, like Iran Deer. I love Iran Deer. Okay. So, uh, I, I don't know. It was it was one of those things where I want to acknowledge that people say they have issues with the timeline, you know, yeah. um, contraction or I whatever think, compression. But um, I don't know if this is what you meant, but I'm pretty pretty sure the reason we don't see Elrond's brother Elros is because he's dead at this point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, so, he would be very dead. Yeah, but some people were proposing a structure where in which like the first three episodes. We're way back then, you know, and and then like, oh, OK, yeah. yeah. And, and then they, you bounce a thousand years and they were they were going to do these jumps of like, I don't even know. I mean, a couple thousand or not a couple thousand, a couple like hundreds of years or whatever to show us the passing of kings and queens and, and to kind of get us up to a story that they would then iron out and tell. And I'm just like, wow, that um, I don't know how that all, that would all work. And I don't know how people would do dialogue and how you would connect with a character that's gone in three episodes, a whole new you have yeah, to have a through line, uh, which you could have with with uh, Gladriel and Elrond and, and whatnot for sure. But it just... I think the only way you could do that is if the episodes that happen hundreds of years in the past are centered on the elves, because then they are still there when we're yeah. in the fu- you know in the future, right? Um, and right. 
we haven't met and gotten attached to any characters. And then it's like, okay, well, now we're jumping 100 years ahead and they're not there anymore. So I think the only way that would have worked, like from an audience perspective and from like a perspective as like of from connecting with the characters and their stories is if it was about the elves. Right, because if they go away, because you look at the Numenorians, and so if you start to connect to them early on in the season, well, that by God, you got to, I mean, you, you know, you got to keep showing us those same characters. So we watch them develop and all that kind of stuff. So I thought I, I you know, I'm okay with it uh, c- completely. I definitely yeah. have heard the the gripes and how it goes super counter to the lore and whatnot. But I mean, they also showed us quite a bit. There is a big time jump, right? I mean, we see Galadriel talking to her brother. We see like they mentioned Morgoth for crying out loud. Like I got chills when they were mentioning some of this stuff and and and, and just showing us what happened. And there was no name for death. They didn't know. Uh, they didn't have a name for it, and then death came to them. And I heard people yeah, saying that, um, like prologue piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was really great. Yeah, it was, it was. It was so good. And people were talking about how this doesn't feel Tolkien enough to them. I'm like, the, the opening line is about acknowledging death and how death came to their shores and how they then had to go fight and and everything. And so I felt like, and then there's tons of family bonds, friendship, and fellowship. And I felt like I don't know what people are talking about. They definitely have still tons of like Tolkien themes and and it's oh yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, um one of them like tolkien's like connection and tie with nature i think was really evident throughout this series um especially like when you get you know like they had like a whole scene i think it was like episode three of aaron dare basically like hugging a tree because oh, oh, yes. they were making him cut it down yes. you know um and then when he finally when he and bronwyn finally kiss it's because they're like holding hands o- on a tree trunk you know yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> yeah no that good point yeah i forgot yeah there's a lot of a lot of tree stuff and a, yeah a lot with linda and too the funnier one that people are saying was in, in like the first half of the season, people are saying, oh, my God, it's so slow. It's moving so slowly. And everyone was saying, well, Tolkien famously did not write fast paced books. Right. Uh, it right. takes them 100, you know, 100 plus pages to leave the Shire. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a very Tolkien theme moving slowly. Right. Right. Yeah. Taking your time. I mean, that's the other thing is I'm sort of like I there's so much story. I don't know. I, you had people saying it was too slow. Some people saying it was too fast. I mean, it, like certain parts and you're just like, you cannot please everybody. They have like this impossible task of trying to, you know, reach out to all all different um, groups and factions inside the fandom. And I think I, I'm actually really happy that they just sort of stuck to their guns and just decided on a story. And they're just boldly going forward with like their five. I think it's still five seasons. Right. I, I think um, so. Yeah, that's what we've heard anyways. So I'm excited. I'm excited that they have a a plan and because they even said when the pandemic hit and stuff that they sat down and started writing into season two because they I remember the articles that were out where they talked about now they can still change a lot of that stuff or whatever but they had a chance to kind of go back and look at stuff um J.A. Bayona they wanted to keep him on and they felt like they wanted to do this more in arcs and it just they had time to to think about it and I know it did affect the the production a little bit the the pandemic for sure but I'm excited to see what they're going to do moving forward. But anyway, mm. um, yeah, I'll mention another kind of weak point, if that's OK. The Mithril, the story yeah. was super cool. I mean, the Belrog there fighting that like the, when they tell the story and the fight goes down, I'm cool with all of that. And I'm sort of like, wow, that's like some legend. You know, they're telling us something that's really awesome. I'm imagining maybe that maybe that elf that was there was like Glorfindel. Maybe it was 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 Celeborn. Who knows? Who this? Who this uh, mighty 
elven warrior was that was that was fighting and is it just a story whatnot uh but then when it goes to the point of like without it we're we're done yeah i was like are we that i don't know are we that weak i don't know like that's also kind of related to one of my other weak points which was the elves um i feel like they i don't think they meant to do this but the elves were coming off as kind of like i mean not villains but some of the things that the elves were doing i was like i don't and and for for me the the mithril thing i'm like so you guys are taking this ore from yeah. the dwarves that the dwarves discovered themselves right and you are using it for your own purposes yeah. when you originally asked for their help and they said no right we're not going to help you but you kind of like went behind their back and did this thing anyway right um and i'm also just still i'm so confused about like why why is there why are their lives tied to this tree? Yeah. Why is this tree uh gonna be saved by Mithril? Yeah, it was all a little bit convoluted and right. I had right. no clue how it was all working together. Yeah, the I, the the mechanics of it, I mean it's sort of we're supposed to like, I don't know, uh, I don't know what we're supposed to do, how are we supposed to make the connections? Because for me it's just like the how how to I don't know, like that, like that. Their power is, like you said, tied to that that tree, and that or that tree was a manifestation of their, of the power, something that's that's leaving them. That has to do with like Valinor, and I don't know. I was that part kind of threw me, and I they might need to do. They wanted to tell a really cool story and have that cool moment with the Mithril and tell you know some because that's not anything that's mentioned anywhere, right? That's totally show made up, right? This this idea of where I'm um, Mithril, or is it? suggested somewhere i have i have no idea i don't either the the only thing that i'm i mean there i take it back there's a lot of things i'm confused about with this but (laughs) when elrond is telling this story he says it's apocryphal it's you know it's like a legend it's not really based on any fact but then it's kind of proven to be true right right so yeah not not sure not sure yeah yeah so and that was one that was sort of like it it starts off really cool and it's just it's a great uh scene what i didn't like and i i'll i'll say this too just as a quick mention for my buddy lane he, he really likes i think the characters that you you what you because you ask at the start of the show what you bring into this like where you come from and for me like i love wizards i love gandalf love radagast all the wizards i'm, I'm a big fan so that's why the stranger for me was so cool i can just blindly say i don't care if it doesn't connect i don't care whatever i i love it uh he is a big fan of like the numenorians and gilgalad and um elendil and isildur and was like so hype just hyped for their arc and especially gilgalad and it feels like gilgalad's kind of a i just i mean he's a jerk yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you said it because i it's like he doesn't seem like a nice guy and i'm just sort of mm. out like you're lying you're using elrond but then you're it feels there's there's a lot of like manipulation going on yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, aren't aren't you guys supposed to be the quote unquote good guys? And right. that that's just what I think is really interesting is that I don't think that's the story that they are trying to tell. I don't think that they're like I enjoy I really enjoy when we get to see those gray areas of, you know, groups of people or characters or whatever that were like not everyone is all good and not everyone is all bad and we see those areas but i don't think they were intending i don't think that's what they set out to do 
Right. That did feel like, because every time like Gilgalab was talking, I'm just like, I don't trust you, man. Yeah. Like, I didn't so trust. Uh, there was one episode where I was like, I don't trust anything anyone is saying right now. Yeah. Yeah. He he was staring. There was a, there was a couple of shots of Gilgalad behind like Elrond and um, Durin as they're walking out. And he's sort of doing this, like looking at them as they leave. And I'm like, with his arms crossed. And I'm like, what are you about, man? Like, it just was really weird. So anyway. Um, I, because my dad really likes the elves and I feel like he hasn't seen this yet. And he's just a huge fan of, of their being super disciplined and they're, they're good. They fight for the light, the whole nine yards. And they just seem a little shifty. Yeah. I used to really like, I was thinking back on my opinions of the elves when I was reading the books and I was like, these are the coolest guys. They're so they're they're And also like their portrayal in the books is also they're kind of more like almost hippy dippy in the books where oh, yeah. they're like, yeah, we're just free, especially the ones that Frodo and Sam first meet right, right when, they're leaving. when they're leaving. Yeah. And like they're just really funny where it's like never ask an elf a question because you'll get a thousand poetic answers right, that right. don't actually answer your question. And like they just seemed really cool. And I was like, I want to meet them. And I have like slowly been changing you know my opinion of the elves with like right. each additional adaptation where i'm like oh y'all are not cool and free going <laughs> yeah which which sucks i mean i feel like they like like durin and Deza kind of stole the show like they were so spectacular and i think people just really gravitated towards their story and it's almost like a complete it's just the opposite of what we had i mean gimli was still awesome and and the, and the dwarves were in the, in the hobbit and everything but it just they I don't know. They they die. They are not in a appealing group of of characters or uh, just I don't. Besides Elrond, I love Elrond and and, and Galadriel was even. How, actually, how did you feel about Galadriel? Um, and just her um, character. Yeah. So I I really loved Galadriel. Um, I also it's really hard because also I think Morfid Clark nailed this role yeah. and I think she was just such a great actress and so it's hard for me to be like critical of Galadriel right, but right. I I really enjoyed Galadriel. I love seeing so many di- like she had so many more dimensions than just, you know, I'm Kate Blanchett and I'm <laughs> yeah. walking, I'm gliding out into this forest. Right. Um and so it's really great to get to see these different sides of her, but I think that is something that suffered with this time compression. Right. But it's still confusing because She's doing things and she's acting in a way that I'm like, she shouldn't be like, she's ages old. She is thousands of years old and she should know how to be more diplomatic in Numenor than this. And she should, you know, know better and she should be acting in a certain way by now. That's a good point. Yeah, because she feels a lot younger than. Yeah, they like made her out to be this like really young, naive person but she is older than the majority of the characters in the show wow good point i told yeah yeah. so like on that hand it's disappointing but i understand you also have to have those flaws in order to in order to have a tv show in order to have an interesting character to watch you have to have those right someone who's dynamic and is going to grow and learn something and 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 whatnot because there were there were moments there were glimpses where you're like oh wow she's really you know, locked in and 
wise and knows where, where, where it was self-reflective and, and stuff as well, which was really cool towards the end. And then just on the lookout this whole time and like lets her guard. She's like super on the like the war path for, for Sauron mm. looking, seeing Sauron everywhere and then doesn't see him when he's right in front of her, lets her guard down. And then at the end, he's right there in their midst. I mean, that uh, at least they, they pulled off pretty well, but they had to kind of sacrifice some of her. Um, yeah, I don't like like I don't know. I want to say wisdom, but just some of her like intelligence almost. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, anyway, yeah. 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 More for more um, Clark kills it though. I'm with you on that. Like, yeah, absolutely kills it. Um, I I won't go too much into this because I already did a full rant on it in the previous episode. Um, but part of the reason why the finale was so disappointing for me is that I was convinced that Halbrand was not Sauron because I thought that was the most obvious and basic choice right and i thought that they were going to do something a lot more interesting and compelling than that and that did not happen right so i was extremely (laughs) i was really uh, i was doing a live stream like reaction watch through yeah um and i I just kept saying i'm so mad i'm so mad oh wow (laughs) um that being said though the scene where you know, he's been revealed and Galadriel knows it's him. Um, and he's like in her mind. Those sequences were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. They, they were they were stunning. It was really, really cool to kind of see that. Finally, we got some like power in, in uh, I don't know, like we got to see them. Yeah, like he's in her mind and doing something. And because and, I was like, when are we going to see like actually people use power and magic and stuff or whatever but yeah so that was neat i am with you though i thought the whole time from the get-go i was like that's 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 him that's sauron like there's just like i felt like that's what they were going to do you know what i mean or like there was too many clues or there's whatever like it just looks like it's too obvious you know what i mean it's very obvious that that is they're who they're setting up so midway through the season i was sort of like okay it's it is like you said it's too obvious they can't do that so who else could it be you know, mm. Is he even in it? We're not even going to see him. Like this is that, be- yeah. That's the other thing. I was just like, I was like, we might get a little Sauron teaser at the very end of the finale, but I was like, he's just going to come in and be his own character. I was like, I don't think they're going to hide him. Yeah. And that's exactly so what they did. We had someone so like uh, Lane was so just like just I mean, so many things are going on. The ride was, was a roller coaster. But someone came in and they said that Gilgalad, they thought Gilgalad was going to be Sauron. That he had like shifted into his form, mm. and they they were going super crazy with it. And actually, Lane was like, "That'd probably be the most interesting thing that they could do right that, now." Yeah, so, and I think that would explain a lot of the things that he was like. Yeah, why is a jerk? Like the way he was acting, the things he was saying to Elrond, right? You know, the actions he's trying to take. Like, yeah, yeah, he wants I think that, that mithril really cool. and and everything. I was like, dang, that actually would be kind of cool. And then the most, yeah, like again, the thing that they're setting up from the get go. You know, I actually thought I, I, I teach high school, and a lot of my students, uh, they they were watching the show, uh, popping by, just you know, saying that they loved it and talking about it. And the more I listened to them, I was like, this show does seem like it is directed at an audience that's a little bit younger than myself. I don't know, maybe, mm, yeah, because they were super caught up in the who is Sauron thing, super caught up in it, and I felt like, well, wait a second, now me sitting here knowing what I know and knowing about the interest in the forge and all the things that he says, pulled this up a dead man, just different things. And they just were caught up in like, it could be this person. Is it the stranger or is it, is it Hallbrand? And I was like, it's not the stranger. 
So it would only be Hall brand or it's something completely different, something crazy. But I was thinking about it too, I don't know, on, on a different level, I guess, or I had a lot of lore and other context coming into it and they weren't really aiming for me. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they were aiming yeah. to, to kind of get those, that younger generation or someone like uh, even my wife, who's a newbie and just has no clue whatsoever, who was sort of like, I mean, I got to the point where I couldn't say anything because she was like, I don't want to hear any lore, nothing. Right. She just wanted to like <laughs> consume this because she was on that ride that they wanted to take her on. And I, th- I feel like people like you and I, or, or other people who have been in the fandom a little bit longer and have read the material kind of saw what they were setting up and thought, yeah, it's is, hard to is... just like turn that part of your brain off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So that kind of almost spoiled it, but then it made you like double take and think about it more than maybe we should have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. But. Um, well, to maybe close us out, what are what are our predictions now for season two? Because I I honestly have no idea because the season ended in such a way that I did not think it was going to end. So I'm like, I don't know what threads yeah. we're going to pick up because it feels like they, I, I think uh, I'll still stay, say this. I was in yeah episode seven, which is after the Mount Doom explosion. Mm-hmm. They release Isildur's horse into the wild, right? And I'm like, okay, we're going to have a moment. The horse is going to find Isildur and save him. Great. That didn't happen in the finale. So I'm, <laughs> That's like the only prediction I have at this point is that we're going to see the horse save the Sealder in but, season yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, and I th- it's unfortunate, but I think for two years that horse is going to be walking around trying just to- Just running around. <laughs> oh, it's such a long time. Uh, bless him. So uh, predictions for me, like this is going to, I love to go kind of crazy and just wild. And so what I had recently started thinking about was like, what what other characters, like big names, might they drop in this or whatever? So they didn't mention that that was Gandalf, right? They didn't say that the stranger yeah, was that's, Gandalf. They didn't explicitly state this is Gandalf, but I right. think they are very much heavily implying it because of that n- line about following your nose. Right, right. And I, I, I was cool with that because it actually it's so weird that, that when you see uh, Mordor created, they just pan up and it just says, you know, Mordor and it tells you like they directly tell you like this is Mordor. I have to say that's, I think... The lowest point of the season was when they scratch out the Southlands and write Mordor. That felt... Yeah. Because it was like, I I could have told you it was Mordor the moment the volcano exploded. I didn't need this. I mean, it makes me wonder if somewhere like back behind the scenes, they see that, they see the reaction to it and they say, okay, in that that last episode where we just have him say, I'm Gandalf or they write Gandalf on the screen, they said, let's not do that. Let's go with a a Gandalf quote instead. I'm just kidding. But so I I would love to see more of him and I I definitely want to know where what's happening in Rune. Um, And it would be cool if there were even other wizards were already there, perhaps, or maybe he is the is he the wizard that's sent because the mystics. I kinda... think it could be cool if this is. I didn't want this one to be Gandalf because we know so much. Of, I mean, Gandalf is great, obviously. Yeah. But it would be nice to spend some time with a different character, even a like especially a blue wizard because we know. don't know anything about them. I know. So it could be that this is not Gandalf, and the phrase about "follow your nose" is something that, like, let's say this is Saruman. That's something that he mm-hmm. passed on to Gandalf. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. thing about "follow your nose." So right. Yeah, because we were uh, before the whole thing started, once we saw some trailers and stuff, I thought, well, the first wizard maybe that might show up. I I think the blues technically I could be wrong. I think they technically come earlier. I don't even know. But but anyways, Saruman, he has some beef with the with the hobbits at at some point. So maybe 
he does get in here with the Harfoots and it gets a little uh, crazier. Things go wrong or who knows? I, I don't know. But I just want to see more of the Wizards for sure. And uh, I thought about big names. So there are we know that by the time we get to the Hobbit, we know that there are dragons. There are still dragons around during this time and that there are right like smog is there. Right. And so I was thinking, like, if they really wanted to shock people in season two or three or something and just, I don't know, bring another dragon into the mix. Have that a we dragon in. Yeah. About or something. Like, if you're going to go and, and just make up characters, which is fine. I'm all, I'm all for it and make up these different things. Like, tell that story. Like, give us a dragon or maybe, you know, Smog's daddy or something. I don't know. Like, just, just go <laughs> for it. Uh, a- another one that I, I like in the trilogy. So Glorfindel, when Glorfindel shows up and I love that they mm-hmm. in, the, in the movies that they have our one. And this is where I think you can do. Like the way that they did Arwen rescuing Frodo in the in, mm-hmm. in the movies is awesome, and I, I I absolutely love it. It's what I we we fell in love with those movies years ago. But then when you read it and it's Glorfindel or whatever, that's also super cool. So I feel like you can have two sort of ideas in your mind. It doesn't really they're both just awesome characters. But I love Glorfindel and the idea that he's sent back and he's sent to help aid them in this fight against Sauron. So if Gilgalad and these guys know now, if it's if they inform people and they realize okay yeah he is uh that that sauron is back and truly there because this whole quest has been like gladriel trying to get them to realize that he's still out there or whatever why would they send the meteor why would they send a wizard in if they didn't know sauron was there so that's a little confusing but then if they do now for sure know then they might be sending someone like glorfindel back in to to kind of help out um and i think that in the lore that's what he was sent in there for the other big one like Celeborn, who is not Keladad, yeah. right? So like he's got to show up, like somewhere. I, I feel like yeah, we're obviously. I, I when that happened in that episode, I saw a lot of people like raging about like, oh my god, they killed Celeborn, right. and I'm like, no, it's pretty obvious <laughs> yeah. by the way that she talks about it that he is going to come back, and right. he, and she's going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe that you've been alive all this time, you know? Right, exactly. And people felt a little. I mean, it's her, it's her brother who is sort of sent her. I mean, I think that's the first confirmed death that she experiences, and people were kind of wondering why isn't she more upset about you know, uh, Celeborn being uh, like not not coming back or being dead or whatever. It's like she's still probably secretly holding out some hope. Right. Or who, it's not mm. confirmed. She just never saw him again. She doesn't know anything, but she did see her brother and she did see Sauron's mark. And so that's what kind of set her on this whole thing, because people were kind of griping about that a little bit. But I'm like, it, it just does not. So it's almost like something. So it's your like it's it's your husband. You know, it's 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 your soulmate or whatever. It's her it's her person. And so she doesn't want to that's maybe even more uh, of an issue or something for her to kind of carry. So we, we don't know. So yeah. I feel like that would be kind of cool to see because I've always wanted more of, of his character and it would just be cool to see yeah, how he I supports her. You know, I've read things or I've heard things that an actor for Celeborn has been cast or that, oh, okay. you know, we are confirmed that we're going to see Celeborn in season two but also this is all just hearsay these are all things that like someone who heard it somewhere else who read it somewhere else told me so that's awesome i don't know where you know that information is coming from but yeah i think that would be great yeah in season two yeah um i think we're going to see i mean there's only it's like okay this isn't much of a prediction when you know there's only three options left but i think the next season is going to be about the or not maybe going to be about but i think we're going to see the creation of the dwarven rings in the next season yeah. because we're having all of these interesting power dynamics 
with the prince and the king and between the dwarves and the elves. I think like King Durin is going to be pissed if yep. or when he finds out that they used Mithril to create the elven rings. Mm-hmm. Um, so True. I think we're going to see some of that. Um, I think we're, I hope we're going to see some more of these um, like political interactions and implications in Numenor. Um, yeah. Now that, um, oh, I don't like, I think that's something that we didn't even talk about in the finale episode, which is that the king died. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and of course, Numenor is going to be destroyed. It's right, still going right. to happen. So, you know, when is that going to happen? I don't think that'll happen until, you know, season three or four. I don't think that right, would be next right. season. But yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think, um, I was saying that I think we're done seeing the Harfoots like as a tribe just because it felt like we said goodbye to them in the finale, which um, was very sad for me because I love Poppy and I'm very upset that she did not go with Nori and the stranger. Yeah. But I don't think we're going to see more of the Harfoots in the next season. So I think that will make room for us to see more of, you know, more of Numenor, more of the elves and for them to go into those those details yeah i like that i think it would be cool to yeah because it is a lot and i mean you do have to kind of follow nori and the stranger and maybe when we come back to them they'll be settled down somewhere you know maybe maybe they'll settle down in a nice spot that looks really uh really nice and who, who knows uh one last final thing uh we had a conversation on our our podcast about the idea that does elendil seem like he is into muriel people were kind of picking up on these vibes that those two might kind of like each other. Did you think that at all? Like, no, no I okay. kind of, I, I kind of got that as like friendship and she, yeah, friendship yeah. and especially with her going blind. Uh, I, by the end of the yeah. season, she's really having to place her trust in him, right? Um, and he's also, I think it's just that they're both in very vulnerable positions because he thinks that Isildur True. is dead. Yeah, yeah. She's just gone blind. She's returning home, and finding her, her father right. dead. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're both just in very vulnerable positions See, um, I, right now. Mary Clay, I love this. This is why. So this is, the, we call the unexpected podcast unexpected because unexpected conversations like that come up and they have no basis, really. <laughs> they just, yeah. they pop up and you're sort of like, wait, what? How? Nah, that doesn't make sense. But it, it was interesting to talk about for a second so it's always kind of kind of funny because um yeah, yeah. They're, they're interesting characters though and i am interested to see what happens to muriel because of the whole thing with her father like that's going to be wild to see next season yeah my final thing that isn't necessarily a prediction more just a hope we better see tom bombadil at some point in this series oh my how I, that was okay no before i was typing down my list of big names that we're gonna that was gonna drop that's the one I forgot. Holy smokes. I'm like, glad you mentioned that. It oh. would just be fascinating yeah. to see Tom Bomb finally adapted on the screen, yep. unless you count the um, Soviet adaptation <laughs> yeah. from the 1990s. I think I've that's the only film adaptation yeah. that Tom Bombadil appears in. Anyway, yeah. when the first, you know, articles and pictures and stuff were coming out and people were talking about, oh, Meteor Man and stuff, I was like, that it's gonna be Tom Bombadil, right? <laughs> like, because yeah. the I'm trying the original Vanity Fair article, 
I think said something about like, and two Harfoots discover a mysterious enigma in the That's wilderness. Right. And I'm like, an enigma? Exactly. That's the only word I have used to describe Tom Bombadil. Right. That's got to be him, right? Oh, God. So I was still even holding out a little bit of tiny hope that maybe the stranger was Tom Bombadil. Yeah. So I would really love for them to put Tom Bombadil in this series at some point. You just made my night. I'm so glad you said that because I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any like uh is there like a one last favorite moment, a favorite character, something that that sticks out from this season that you're just like, man, I really loved that. Yeah, you know, cuz we've mentioned all these other characters and so I've talked about the stranger and Elrond and all those different things, but uh Sadek, who was the yeah. like he's gone, right? I mean, he's I've really enjoyed him. I, I fr from the get-go, he pops out Clear and clear, right? He's like looking around, doing his whole thing and and uh, leading the chance. And he's got the big book there. And you almost start to kind of take him for granted a little bit, you know? And you're like, okay, yeah, this is just the guy. He's the leader. He's And then it's time for him to step up. And, and, and the younger generation like needs him. And he goes out and he passes on his wisdom, uses his, his trail finding abilities and gets out there. You think he's a goner. And then boom, he helps save the day. I just thought that, that was a... Kind of a surprise for me that he was one going and that they, then he goes and it's just this awesome arc. I just didn't think it was going to be I didn't think we were going to lose any of the Harfoots. And so that one just like hit me. Yeah, I was so. thinking about it. I was like, aside from like, I don't know, some miscellaneous some some soldiers or some side characters. The only like major character we saw this season that died was Sadik. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously, you guys chose a Harfoot? That's I that's me. That, yeah, it was a stab to the heart. I mean, I was like, oh, my yeah. God, because I was hoping he'd be a he the, the act. He does such a great job. It was so good. Just the accent, everything. Uh, yeah. And delivery. this was um that actor. I believe he is a sir. I think it's Sir Lenny Henry. Wow. Um, He was one of the ones that when they were announcing the cast, he had a I say had he's still alive. Yeah. He has a very like distinguished theater history oh. behind him so he was like one of the ones coming in where it's like oh he has a very like established history yeah. of very like distinguished acting um Gosh. so yeah That's... he i think he did really even though like it was a very small role comparatively um yeah. i think he did a really great job well because I've, I've always gravitated towards the guide by the side you know and i like the, the person who's guiding other characters and stuff and it's sort of like the village wisdom or whoever that might be the council of you know, Elrond, did that hold the, those those people? And so he fit in that category, but was also like a hard foot. And I was just like, this is awesome. And then he had uh, he had uh, the, the other. Oh, I forget who was the one. Um, What was her name? She was. Oh, my gosh. She was always nagging him about something and at the end. She's, Malva. Malva. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. She was. They, they were great. They had such a good. They, dynamic. Yeah, they had really good dynamics. Yes. Yeah. Um, all of the Harfoots, like it was giving me a lot of um, kind of, like very similar um, and reminiscent of like Lobelia Saxville Baggins right. and some of that like kind of like hobbity gossipy things and like they're very like the the town busybody oh, yeah. and so like some of the in the early episodes the way that some of the um, like Harfoot elders were playing off of each other was really great. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. So that for me is the, yeah, just a big final, you know, kind of t uh, takeaway. I see he's gone and I, I, I will never, I will wait for him, you know?
So yeah, yeah. Gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. So uh, my buddy Lane and I run an unexpected podcast. I, I, I said at the top of the show, we'll be diving into the Silmarillion. So you can find us at Up Talking Tolkien on Instagram, where we post most of our stuff. And then again, the podcast is just an unexpected podcast. You can search it on any of your podcast players. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. If you want to learn more about the network, you can go to WBNE.org. The cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by going to tpublic.com slash user slash Pod. You can follow the podcast on social media at TolkienAboutPod. And you can follow me on Twitter and TikTok at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. If you want to support the podcast, you can become a patron and go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod. You can become a sponsor of the podcast like the wonderful, amazing, magnificent, beautiful unicorn Taylor. Taylor, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you. I appreciate your support. And you are a wonderful part of our community. Thank you so much. If you like what you're listening to, please make sure to rate and review. You can rate on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I don't know about any other major podcasting platforms out there, but I don't know. Take a look. Look down at your phone, whatever platform you're listening on. See if there's a way to rate and review. And if there is, please do so. Do you have any parting words for the audience? I would say just hang in there and give season two a ride. It's going to be a couple of years. Uh, and just, just hang in there. Because I mean, go back. I would say this. If you get a chance, I started my rewatch and I'm enjoying it. I would tell folks, go back and rewatch this if you can and try to find some positive takeaways from it because there's a lot of good in this. In this, um, I think a rewatch is going to be very enjoyable because I think there's going to be a lot of Easter eggs oh, yeah. and, you know, threads to pick up on. Um, it's always really interesting to rewatch or reread things yeah. um, yep. and be able to find those things that you didn't, you know, it's like, you know, watching it with a whole new viewpoint. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. and thank you so much. This is so much fun. And uh, we, by the way, since we're doing the Silmarillion to put you on the spot, I mean, if ever you get some free time, you want to pop over and kind of help us struggle through that Silmarillion. I mean, I mean, I I'm happy to join y'all. I make no promises on helping you understand <laughs> it or comprehend it. All right. All right. All right. Well, that's fine. You could just help us muddle through. I don't know. Be the blind leading the blind, maybe. I don't know. And that's what I'm talking about.